Welcome to Pod Clubhouse Press Pass. We're taking you behind the scenes and covering festivals, cons, and live events. We're kicking off our coverage of Season 10 of ATX TV Festival with the Friday Night Panel. Paul, I am so excited to get to talk TV in Austin again. ATX is our big event. I mean, other outlets probably think of Comic-Con or one of the uh, other industry events. But for us, we got interested in podcasting and media in general once we attended the Gilmore Girls reunion that was held at ATX. And we saw everything else that they had to offer there was just so interesting that we've just never stopped going. So in case you guys don't know about the ATX Festival, this is again celebrating its 10th year. ATX Television Festival celebrates the television medium and looking back at history and where it's been and where it's headed. And there's all these panels and screenings and events where it's super casual. Like I cannot wait till we're back in person again because the best way I can describe it is they handle the panels like a college seminar lecture right right so you're all seated there and there's some like give and take with the person who's doing or the panel but then also like afterwards there's just sort of like that feeling of like where people are like milling around and talking and the talent will stick around and you get an opportunity to just talk to them like just normal people there's not that like oh we have this like press agent to like whisk them away that's super unusual this is so much more comfortable and casual We've seen so many people close up that you would not get. I mean, I've been to Comic-Con as both um, an attendee and press. When I went as press, okay, yes, I got to sit right next to the Green Arrow. Fine. But when I was an (laughs) attendee, I never saw anybody closer than 100 feet away. Yeah. And that's just the opposite. I mean, we're coming at you with a press pass for this particular podcast, but we're trying to encourage you guys as attendees, you have just as much access. You can get an opportunity to just visit with people and they're just, they also kind of like mill around. So they're like at restaurants and they're just down at the bar and, you know, they just act like regular people, turns out, Paul. Austin is the one place in Texas people come to intentionally from the rest of the country. And when they're there, they like it and they see what we have there. They go and see the fabled Congress Bridge bats. They go and eat the food. They go and drink until they can't drink anymore. And they just (laughs) enjoy the heck out of the city. And live music. My goodness, can't skip that. This first day is the reunion of all reunions as it goes for ATX because they basically cut their teeth on having the idea of a reunion with the cast of Friday Night Lights because that show was filmed in and around Austin. And when they started the festival, it kind of coincided with the last year that that show was on the air. And so many of the people were still around. Actually, several of the major stars from that show ended up buying houses around Austin. So they still live there. And so they've always been accessible, not just a few, not just minor characters, not just minor actors. The range. I'm talking, if you follow Friday Night Lights, everybody from the bass player in Landry's band all the (laughs) way up to Coach, all of them. It's amazing. So just again, to touch back on like some of the history that Friday Night Lights has with the festival, they have been there since 
the beginning, basically. Number one, yeah. And um, we had an opportunity to to be a part of a couple of their moments uh, with the festival. My most favorite was when Landry's band played on the stage at the field that they actually filmed on. They actually played. They reunited and played at um, not... They called it Panther Field, and it kind of is Panther Field, but it's more East Dillon's Field. Whenever they show the Lions Field, and it is just beat to H-E double hockey sticks, this is the field that they use. The fact that the festival like actually secured the field and managed to be able to have an event on the field with the actors and oh, yeah. Grandma Saracen got up there. We were front row. She got up there with her tambourine and was playing it and enjoying it. And it was so much fun. Yeah. Of all the years we ever went, even though that was a million degrees. And, it was hot. And it was kind of, you know, it was kind of touch and go how we how you get there, how much time you a lot to it, whatever. It was all worth it. Yeah, it was amazing. It was once in a lifetime kind of thing. And so on tonight, the first night of ATX, the second year that they're going to have to do it virtually, uh, although they they promise next year is going to be in person. They say, y'all, 2022, we're all going to get back together. They had what they called their Friday Night Live pep rally, wherein they talked about the history of Friday Night Lights with ATX, and they brought on several actors from the show to talk about their experiences on the show and their experiences with ATX. Who was your favorite, Paul? Brad Leland. You can't predict what's going to come out of his mouth sometimes. So remind us who that was for, for those who can't remember. He is the true Texan of them all. He is uh, Buddy Garrity. He played high school football in Texas. He went to state when he was in high school. He knows that life inside and out. He's also friends with Peter Berg, the developer of the show, the director of the movie. And if you watch a lot of Peter Berg movies, you'll notice a lot of Buddy Garrity. (laughs) <laughs> You'll say, why was Buddy Garrity on Deepwater Horizon? Well, it's because <laughs> he knows Peter Berg. And why was he in the first episode of The Leftovers? Well, it's because Peter Berg shot the first episode of The Leftovers. Wow, that's a lot of TV information, Paul. I know, I'm laying it on. Jeez, you are. So at that in-person Panther Field event where they had most of the cast present, They had this weird question that someone from Entertainment Weekly or IndieWire or somebody was the moderator, and they asked this highly uncomfortable and not very 2022-2021 question about, if you could date any character on the show, who would it be? And before Brad got the theme that you were supposed to say, Mrs. Coach, he said... Lila Garrity, <laughs> which was, of course, his daughter on the show. <laughs> super young, Minka Kelly. That's super uncomfortable. Of course, she wasn't a teenager when she started starting the show, but she still portrayed a teenager, yeah. a cheerleader. And, and yeah, and his daughter. There was a moment of uh, rippling ick through the, 
<laughs> through the audience. Oh my goodness. Uh, but he was super great on the panel tonight. Like I yes. enjoyed that he he lamented he didn't get to spend more time doing scenes with the actress who plays Grandma Saracen, Luann, and that she he just, you know, had enjoyed so much of it. He has such a long history having done the film. He kind of embodies Friday Night Lights in a lot of ways. He's oh, like yeah. the poster man. You know, these, these these kinds of reunions, there are a few stock questions. And one of those questions is, did you take anything from the set? I'm sure they've been asked that a million times. And I wonder if, thanks to Brad's proximity to Peter Berg, if that explains why he got to keep so much and why the other ones got to keep so little. You know what I mean? Well, it sounded like some people didn't, like Luann said, she didn't really understand you're supposed to take stuff from a set. So that part was like a learning curve, it seemed like. Um, she said she took some of the cats, the little um, ceramic cats beside Grandma Saracen's bed and, um, you know, some little odds and ends like that. But apparently Brad just filled up like a trailer and took yeah, stuff like out. jerseys and helmets. Yeah, and rings, stuff. like the yeah. state ring and all that stuff. It was cool that Scott Porter made um, an appearance and he actually was in Austin. So he was with the founders, Caitlin and Emily, in their sort of box, if you will, on Zoom. Scott Porter is a real stand-up guy who engages with fans like crazy, like... We have attended ATX when uh, Friday Night Lights has been there, and he stays right in the middle of it all. He stays in the hotel where they host everything, and he brings his family there. And if he's he's not really swarmed, I wouldn't say, but people know Jason Street is well, here. But that's important because, again, if you ever plan to visit ATX and come to the festival, one of the things is that you don't do that. We don't swarm celebrities like everybody's respectful and kind of stands back and that allows them to keep the casual nature where they don't have to like keep a VIP room and keep the celebrities away from all of the the attendees like they are they walk through the hallways just like everybody else not with like big guards and all this kind of stuff so that's kind of amazing and so so yeah I mean I would say he they're not swarmed there's interest there's smiles there's like people nudging each other like he's over there but it's not nobody is inappropriate he has a a gig one of his gigs that is not part of this is he loves this tabletop game called hero clicks okay it is a game that borrows figures from all different properties marvel comics dc comics lord of the rings dungeons and dragons whatever and it puts a little character on a little platform and they've got certain powers and you play on a table and it seems like a, a kind of a, a teenager's game, I would say. But, but grown-ups play it because it can be expensive. And he has a show, like a YouTube show, where he unboxes and is like oh, really wow. excited about the guys that are coming out in that in that uh, you know that wave of guys. <laughs> and this is the level that he likes to. I mean, he does still act, obviously, in TV shows. You can see him all the time in all different different TV shows. So I'm not just saying he's a YouTube star, but I am saying he does love that more grassroots level of interacting with people that you get with YouTube. Yeah, I, I felt like there was, um, you know, they had asked a question about how the show was actually filmed. And I think that when you say grassroots and sort of that 
really just kind of down and dirty approach to television is is definitely this group of actors because you know the the approach that the production took was this like multi-cam situation where they just wanted to take like one or two takes and move on and they were explaining all that that sounded remarkable like no blocking no rehearsing just go 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 and that that's what created this Friday Night Lights specific look you know where you really felt like you were like a fly on the wall and you could really just feel like you were like another kid in the in the, the school or on the on the field. And it, it made it very dynamic. Like you were like moving around and trying to kind of just be a part of the action. It's interesting. If you watch a lot of Peter Berg movies, you note you note that look and it's evolved a little bit over time, but like since the leftovers was first shot kind of in close proximity to the end of Friday Night Lights. If you go and watch that first season of The Leftovers where that look was more established, you will see that fly-on-the-wall sort of approach that that he established in the first in the pilot of The Leftovers that was used all throughout Friday Night Lights. That's a fun fact for you uh, TV watchers that somehow cross the streams between stuff like Friday Night Lights and The Leftovers. Um, which is stuff that they talked about, the lack of re- um, blocking and rehearsal being totally different from other shows, how they could work through script pages and setups in sort of record time in comparison to other shows where they have worked. Because these are all actors that work quite a bit. Like even uh, uh, if you want to see both Billy Riggins and Grandma Saracen in, in the same show. Go watch Longmire. They both guest star in that. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, what was something that you were surprised to hear or hadn't heard before from this group? Um, Stacy, that plays Mindy, she seemed so knowledgeable and well-connected behind the scenes, like um, that she had been instrumental in creating the Gilmore Girls reunion and that that reunion then, of course, we all know, led to A Year in the Life over on Netflix. So it was really fascinating to hear her relationship with Mae Whitman and that she just like, like when, when people were talking about taking stuff from the set, she was like, set decorators want you to take it. They don't want to have to pack it up. Like she seemed very knowledgeable about the industry and the like inner workings, I guess I want to say. So that was that was new information to me and really interesting. How about you? There were a couple things that I was interested to see or to hear. Uh, Derek Phillips, who plays Billy Riggins, was explaining when they were talking about kind of the loose, organic nature of the way things were filmed and how there was a shot of him and Taylor Kitsch who were not in character. They were just on the sidelines of the Mud Bowl game and playing catch with a football. And that clip of them playing catch made it into the show even though they weren't in character and no one had called action that was just the style of the shooting and the what they wanted to have on screen like uh, Brad Leland Buddy Garrity described it they wanted them to live in the moment and they were even though they weren't in character they were still in the moment they were in that Texas football mindset even though they were waiting for the for the shot to start and that worked for what they were doing and I appreciate it because you know a lot of times when we talk about especially like teenage actors or or you know people who are supposed to be playing kids at all when you get that Disney-fied over-the-top over-rehearsed um, you know, say each word with a special oh, emphasis. Yeah. The that's, timing is perfect. It, that's right. not how teenagers talk. And so, you know, if they stumble over a word or if they say something kind of a little bit awkwardly or whatever, 
that's what being a teenager is like. So I appreciate their commitment to keeping a, a realistic feel and sound to the entire show. I was also uh, interested to hear that if you uh, if you go back and watch the sequences where there were games, because, you know, uh, when you when you ask someone, did you like Friday Night Lights? And they say, nah, I don't want to watch that kind of show. And if you ask why, it's, a lot of times it's it's based on their disinterest in football. And you can pretty much tell them it's not really about football. Yes, there's football, but eh, I wouldn't say it's based on football. But that meant that they still had to record some football. I was very interested to know, A, that they would record multiple games in one go. That makes so much sense, though, right? You'd have, well, yes, it does. You'd have all the physical, the stuntmen there to play the football players. Why would you shoot with them for a couple hours and then bring them back next week rather than just do the whole thing now? I thought the funnier part was the fans that like when they would shoot from one direction, they would all be like wearing like one color shirt. And then when they when they were going to turn the camera, go the other way, that whole troop of fans would like go to the other side of the stadium and like change their shirt to the other color. Like that's super funny to me. And that's economical and very Hollywood. But you never tell in the show. Obviously, they don't zoom in on extras, but you I mean, the whole thing looks very real in the show. Uh, I was also interested in the idea that the cast was so big and you take for granted that these people know each other in their little lives, yeah. you know, that they go to high school together or, you know, or since- that it's all one town. So they would have all been like at the same restaurant on the same day or all in class together or whatever. But no. And so Derek Phillips mentioned that the first time he met the man who plays Herc was at a tryout for Grey's Anatomy sometime during the run of the first few seasons of the show. Now, those two characters do eventually have scenes together in like the fourth or fifth season, but you just take for granted that they, I don't know, they would have run into each other somewhere, but no, apparently, apparently not. Yeah, it sounded like it was actually pretty like segmented, you know, like, you know, for the most part, like Mindy and Billy like had their scenes together or, you know, how Scott Porter was talking about, he really only had like scenes with a couple of the guys a couple times and then it was not until episode 20 before before he was back with the four football players that he was with I mean I thought that that was like wow you know that's that's craziness but yeah I mean you could see where like again Luann Grandma Saracen she is gonna have majority of her scenes just with Matt like there's nobody else she's not out in the community in the same way she's not at the high school you know so obviously it was fascinating to find out just like, oh, okay, you like some of you guys have never even met each other. But, you know, they've done a number of these events and eventually most of the characters did mix to some extent. It was interesting to be to be reminded that Adrian Palicki's character, Tyra Collette, and uh, Jason Street, Scott Porter's character, they have a long scene in the first season where she visits him in the hospital and so few people had. They're both having their troubles with Lila and Riggins at the moment, right? And these two are commiserating, and it makes it sound like maybe they're not best friends, but they've known each other since like kindergarten, and yeah, small town. They're they're pretty good friends, and they and they chat for a really long time about this and that, but they never interact again. But in your mind, it sets up this relationship that it's like. These two people have, to an extent, Jason Street's accident impacted the rest of her life, too, even though 
it doesn't, oh, yeah. you know, it doesn't draw like a, a black thick line between the two things. But yes, it, it does. Yeah. Every main character in that show, it, that's the whole point is <laughs> it's every it's one of those web. characters it's a web is, is impacted by that accident. But yeah, they don't necessarily have the time together on screen, even though our minds, the, the, yeah, the strength of the show, like yeah, it created yeah. this whole world there. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, speaking of the world, it was fascinating to listen to them talk about the real world locations and how Austin had a little tour going around where you could see the different Friday Night Lights locations. And then I guess, you guys, this is breaking news I didn't know about because I just saw this like I want to say two years ago. The Saracen house was actually torn down. So you can't see that one anymore. That's Damn you, huge, gentrification. Huge bummer, man. I, I assume it's gentrification. sad about that. Yeah, I, I did not get a chance to see it. I personally have seen the true Panther Field yes. in Pflugerville. Right. I did sneak into um, that area so that I could get some pictures of the field because school was kind of letting out at the moment we decided to show up. So it wasn't like the sneakiest time to show up. But actually, maybe the the amount of traffic made it so that just this random navigator, because you know... High schoolers are really well known for driving around navigators. Uh, was was completely Maybe that just lost made you in the seem crowd. Like a very mature adult man who was over there, and so you certainly wouldn't be causing trouble. No, you're not sneaking anywhere. Why, to why take would pictures. an upstanding guy like me be climbing over a, a chain link fence? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So one of the cool things about this panel today was that they also showed a lot of highlights from previous festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you had missed those panels, uh, certainly before they were virtual, these were all recorded. And so you had an opportunity to remind yourself and see different different groupings of people that were there that year, and uh, including Coach and Mrs. Coach. They showed up in the second year. And what's interesting about those two is that they both live in Austin, or at least they have houses in Austin. But if you think about how much output those two actors have, it's not totally surprising that they don't make very many of these, is it? Uh, No. (laughs) Man, that is the one thing that I regret, Paul, is that we have been to ATX. I don't know how we have not seen Connie and Kyle. We've seen Connie. She was at the live thing. Remind me. That's why they all were like Mrs. Coach when they said, who would you want to date is... is, is uh... Oh, da-doy. Okay, fine. Can I tell you a secret? It's what? actually Coach I cared about seeing. I don't want to make that big of a deal and, and not include Mrs. Coach, but it's actually Coach that I very much would like to see in real life. He, man, look him up on, on YouTube and you will see... Apparently, uh, Kelly Clarkson has a thing for Kyle Chandler and oh. cannot hide it. And, you know, she has a she has a talk show now. And so she, when he's making the rounds, he'll wind up on her show and she just can't really hold her <laughs> shit. It's well, funny. That's really funny. I don't I don't know. I'd like to think I could hold my shit together. But um, but he's a handsome man. That's and... what she tells him. That's what she tells him <laughs> over and over again. Do you know what I would say? I'd be like, you have such kind eyes. <laughs> That's what I say whenever a man is very hot, but I don't want to say that. So I'm just like, he has very kind eyes. It seems like a very, a very, uh, like, you know, mundane comment. Mm. Oh, I'll remember that. <laughs> I'll try that next time I run into someone too handsome to, to, to pass up without notice. You just say he has kind eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in short, this panel was a great way to kick things off because it had a touch of nostalgia plus 
you know, kicking off the whole thing with with something familiar and good, and not not just wasting anyone's time. It was like we're off on a on a good foot with this new format this year. A lot of live conferences that had to shift to virtual have made this adaptation where I think they found that people couldn't commit to day long virtual events. I like that they did this. It's a little bit different in that it is taking up so much more time. It's not like, you know, we're used to like a three-day festival. Yeah. And this is, um, it started today on the 11th and it's running all the way to the 20th. So this is much longer. But I do appreciate what you're saying. You can catch a lot more of it live and you can still buy your badge. It's mostly in the evenings or like late afternoons, which is perfection. I No eight o'clock panels for Pod Clubhouse. <laughs> That's not our speed up in here, but I will take that eight o'clock, like 8 p.m. Like, oh, please, that's that's the one for us. So I think this is a great kickoff. I'm really looking forward to. Tell me any panels that you're super looking forward to in this fest. One of the last ones, actually, in next week is going to be Kevin can F himself. I think I'm, you can just say it. I don't know what's with the H-E double hockey sticks. and the Yeah, Kevin can fuck himself is going to be fantastic. We're going to be covering that on Pod Clubhouse. Uh, Mike and myself will be hosting that. And there is so much to talk to. Please don't miss out on that one. There's also the horror anthology one with Greg Nicotero that I'm looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to Connie Britton's new show on HBO, The White Lotus. I have no idea what it's about, but HBO usually brings a big show to this. And so I'm interested to see what that one's about. On a sweet note, I'm really looking forward to Central Park. That was a very cute animated musical that really like hit me. I was like, this is a bunch of great actors and it's a great show. I I think it's adorable. I can't get enough Titus in my life. Apple TV Plus, if you don't have it, or if you didn't know about it, it is an animated show. Uh, Josh Gad is one of the creators and a main actor on the show. He's the narrator. Leslie Odom Jr., David Diggs, Titus. Stanley Tucci. Yeah, Stanley Tucci, Kristen Bell. These are all the voice actors that are on the show playing main characters. And it is just charming as It really is. It really is. You guys don't miss out on that one. So there's so much to be had here at this festival. I'm sad that it's not in person, but I'm excited that we get at least a little a little flavor this year, right? Just a little little touch. What are beaks for next year? It'll keep us keep us going. Uh, I mean, this is so much better than them saying like a lot of cons that couldn't make the transition, the adaptation were like. See you next year. Yeah. So this was amazing that that they're trying. And the cool thing is that if you can't catch stuff live, they are recording these sessions. And so you do have an opportunity to see them later. So for everyone working different shifts. Here's something to really tempt you. This is maybe a byproduct of the pandemic. One of the only good things that I've ever heard of the pandemic, which was last year they had a Mandalorian talk, which... How in the world would you have gotten Bryce Dallas Howard, John Favreau, Taika Waititi, and the other directors in Austin all in the same day? Right. That would be so difficult. But that's the cool thing, right? But they, you can do it on Zoom. You can do it on Zoom. So, yeah, it's 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 a difference, you know, because we're so much we're so used to that cozy up close, you know, ATX. Like it's like a big festival that has a has a small cozy feeling. I miss that, but at the same time, I think that they're putting out really great programming for this festival, so I'm looking forward to it. This is Caroline. This is Paul. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. 
Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.